Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Rule of Two. It's episode 34. Mark Fernandez, how are you? I'm doing good, bro. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, yeah. I'm glad to get you before you go on some Sith business. I know. I got a nice uh, mission in the far regions. Yeah. You know? um, but look, today's opening, there's not a ton of Star Wars news out there. No, this is the quiet before the storm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have, uh, we tried, you know, we're going to try something new. It's April Fool's Day. Yeah. And and we were going to do an April Fool's joke where Cody and, and Cobster were going to be the two new hosts of Rule of Two. <laughs> but they both said that that's not even funny. So. They, yeah. And fair point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would be funny. And I think they, they might actually take our jobs, though, because yeah. they would be good. Yeah, yeah they'd be great. So yeah. anyway, we brought Dorian in. Mm-hmm. Dorian is one of, um, you know, one of our apprentices. Mm. You know, one of our Sith apprentices, right. and he's uh, he's brought the people with him, right? Yeah, so we're, yeah actually, we're on live right now. We're on live right now. How many people we got on there? We got like eighty something, and it's rising. It's rising. rising. <laughs> no pun intended. Rising. <laughs> right. So look, there's two things I want to talk about. Okay. While we have Dorian here, Great. number one, Dorian has never seen the prequels. None of them. Right? Yeah, I haven't seen any of the prequels. I mean, a lot of people just tell me to stay away from them. Like, for, the, for the most part, they're just like, don't even try to invest. Just, no, that's just, stupid. That's stupid. Okay. Come on. We're okay. talking about Star Wars here. Yeah. And I've there are good the things in all Star Wars movies. Yeah. At least something you can get behind. So one thing that we're going to do, mm. okay, when I come back from the away mission, all right, me, Riley, and Dorian, mm-hmm. we're going to sit down mm-hmm. and we're going to watch Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, we are. Together. Yeah. All right, we'll do the whole thing. We'll do like a new commentary. New commentary, yeah. A Revenge of the Sith Army commentary. Yep. Right. We'll you know we'll watch it with Dorian. Dorian is going to try as a homework assignment. Going to watch episodes one and two before. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'll get on that this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at some point this week we'll get on that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we'll watch it with him. Not you know not taint his vision or mm-hmm. you know of it. Just get an honest reaction from him. Right. And uh, and have a little fun with it. You know. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And then, because it's Phantom Menace, it's 20 years this May that that's, movie that's came crazy. out. We're old. So I can do like the 
watch the first two, do a millennials must watch for those, and then leading up to the yes. actual yeah. commentary. And it all works out because we got celebration coming up. So exactly. after celebration, like I'll, I'll be, I've seen all the movies before, before celebration, and yeah. then people can't call me a fake fan. There but, it is. Let's get let's get some questions here for the cold open. Let's get some cold open questions. Anybody yeah. is anybody asking anything? Throw yeah, a question at us. We got Billy Kawiser. He asked, "Are you are you going to Star Wars celebration this year?" All right, so I am not going. He's not going, folks. I'm not going. I have a lot of stuff that I got to do, a lot of very important stuff um, for the betterment of the business. So I will not be attending, but I will definitely be glued to our coverage of it as well as any breaking news that comes from it. I'm I'm sad to miss it, Yeah, but I will not be going. I will be going. I'll be covering for Collider. You'll get that breaking news. I mean, we're going to get Episode 9 trailer and the title. We're going to get Mandalorian footage, I'm imagining. Uh, and I believe they will announce the Benioff and Weiss. I yeah. think they will. I, I think they're going to yeah. announce it because there was that leak or that rumor that popped up that people have been covering. And I think they'll play one episode of Clone Wars. Yeah, I bet they will. And then they're going to play the Phantom Menace for the 20-year anniversary. Oh, are they? Yeah, but that's on Monday. I'll be flying back Sunday night, so okay. I have to miss that. Yeah. But we'll be there, and we're going to give a, a lot of Collider coverage, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Ooh, we got a, all right, we got a good question. They say, most underrated Star Wars character. Ooh, that's a good one. That's oh, a good question. Go ahead. You first. One. You first. God, who pops? You know who popped to mind is Wedge Antilles. Okay. Wedge Antilles was there for the, the Battle of Yavin. He was in the trench run. He helped Luke out. Luke had could shake him. And there's Wedge. Took him out. Good firing, Wedge. And then Wedge pulled out. So he was instrumental part of the trench run, right? Then we get to Empire. He's one of the guys that took down one of the Adats. Mm-hmm. He was great in the Battle of Hoth, always there in a pinch. And then, of course, Wedge Antilles in Part 3, or Return of the Jedi. He's there with Lando. One of the ones, he puts, he puts two proton torpedoes in that thing that helps bring down the core of the second Death Star, flies out of there with Lando Calrissian. I'm going Wedge Antilles. First, that's a really good one. That's kind of hard to tell. It's kind to of tell. an obvious one. Yeah, Wedge obvious, is a big, yeah, it's popular a one. one, but he just popped in my head. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, look, I'm going to try to pick somebody different, even though I totally agree with you that he is a very underrated character. Yeah. I'm going to go with... Um, the most underrated character. You know what? I'm going to go with one that even he does get a little bit of love, but not as much love as he should for how okay. good a character he is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Mace Windu. Oh, OK. You know, yeah. I'm going to go Mace Windu. You're a big Mace fan. I love Mace. Yeah. You know, and look, Mace, something about Mace that I think goes a little bit um, sort of un, untalked about is there's a line when uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are going back and forth and um, – and, you know, he tells him that you have the the potential or something along the lines that you have the potential to be as good with the saber as Mace mm. and also have the whatever of Yoda. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, oh, I thought I already did have all that. He's like, only in your mind, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But Mace Windu amongst the Jedi was seen as the best saber fighter. Like nobody could fuck with Mace when yeah. it came to his lightsaber technique. I mean, he took off Jango Fett's head, and he messed up the Emperor. He did, you know, with yeah. the, with only his saber, he was able to overcome the Emperor. Yeah. and was about to kill him yep. until Anakin like tipped the scales over to the Emperor's side. So I'm gonna go Mace Windu. That's a good one. All right, following like to that. that, they ask Windu Episode One versus Maul Episode One. 
Say it again. Mace Widow versus uh, episode one in his prime episode one or Maul episode one. Like, who would win between them? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, Mace. Mace. Mace is going to... Yeah. Look, because Obi-Wan t- takes out Maul, right? So we know that... And Obi-Wan was a Padawan when he took out Maul. Yeah. So already he's he's a great saber fighter, Obi-Wan is. Yeah, yeah. Obi-Wan and Maul are about the same yeah. level, you know? You put Mace in there, who almost took out the Emperor, to your point. He's taken out Maul. Yeah, I, yeah, I pretty much guarantee. Yeah, yeah, it. this is good. Anything else from the from the people? All right, most underrated Star Wars character from the prequels. From the prequels, well, I said well, yeah, Mace. Mace. I said Mace. I'm gonna go with uh, what's this guy's name? No, uh, Kiati Mundi. Oh yeah, Big yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sits there on the Jedi Council. He's very calm. He takes uh, he takes some lines and he put, he has some little gravitas in there. I don't know. That's just the first name that came to my head. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. But he doesn't really do much. Um, no, he doesn't. You know who I like that everybody hates, that everybody hates his character? I like him. Hmm. Is Dexter. Oh, God. I, it, I was going to make a joke. I know. I like Dexter. With the, the arms and everything? It's like in the 50s diner? Here's what I like about Dexter, and the fans are probably giving me crap for it right now. Because, they should. But they should. Here's the reason I like Dexter. Okay, fine. The setting of the diner is a little bit like, you know, um, sort of 50s sci-fi, like, like postmodern Americana. It reminds okay. me of when Marty walks into the diner in Back to the Future 2. Yeah, yeah. It's got a little bit hey, of that I vibe to I understand that pop culture reference because I've seen the movies now. Yeah. There you go. But, but for me, the thing that um, the thing that I like about Dexter a lot mm-hmm. is that I really buy that Obi-Wan and Dexter are friends. Yeah. I buy that. I buy it. Yeah. You know, like like that interaction between a completely CGI character and Obi-Wan Kenobi, to me, felt authentic. Their interaction said, yeah, you know what? Obi-Wan does know this guy. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan's known this guy for a long time. Yeah. Like, I got that impression off. And look, I, I know I'm probably going to get like 10 hate comments for it. but That's fine. It's I like Star Dexter. Wars. Hey, we'll take it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, mine was Keanu. I'm still I'm sticking with it because he uh, he looked cool. He went out a little bad, though. You know, he got shot in the back by a bunch of clones. But it's, uh, I'm also spoiling everything for you, Dorian, but that's <laughs> oh, all right. right. This is a Star Wars show. I don't know what I'm going to forget these names in Great. a second. I don't know Great. what you are talking about. All right. You know what? Let's, let's do a few more. Let's do all a right. few more. All right. What genre should Lucasfilm explore in the Star Wars universe, horror or crime? Or... Ooh, that's a good one. These are great questions. These are great questions. Man, you probably know my answer. I would love to see a horror movie set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Before it was canon, there was a great book yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that was like a, like some kind of thing where the stormtroopers became like kind of zombies or something. Something affected them. Yeah. And they were like eating these these stormtroopers. It was a great – It's a great cover It was a great art. cover art. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, with like the hook and through the stormtrooper The hook and – yep. It it's was great. like they find this vessel drifting in space and it's like the Empire goes in there and be like what's going on and the stormtroopers were all picked off by a creature. So it was like Alien meets Star Wars. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think um, Star Wars. That's a great question. What genre outside? You know what genre I think that Star Wars could do is. I think something along the lines of like a air or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Patriot Games mm. or Clear and Present Danger. Yeah, like, like a, a political socio, thriller, like a socio political thriller. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I know some of the movies kind of touch on it, but I think that. When uh, Marvel did a Winter Soldier yeah. or Winter Soldier, that was what they were going for, right? Was yep. that sort of sociopolitical thriller um, where nothing is as what it seems. Your friends are your enemies. Your enemies are your friends. 
And um, there's something interesting about that genre that I think could apply into the Star Wars uh, universe. Yeah, that would be great. Like I yeah. would love to see like how did the First Order start? And is it something like – you know, like a spy within the New Republic. You know, I think a Bloodline, one of the books, is a great book. They set it up. There's like a spy in there, and it's like political intrigue, and like Leia is like, you know, doesn't want to reveal that her dad was Darth Vader, and like all the politics that go into that could possibly set up what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's good. One, what, one more there. Unamas. All right. How how many folks we have on there? We got forty two now. Oh, nice. oh, the party ended a little bit. All right. Yeah, they're fine. dropping off All like right, last flies. One, last all one. Right, so wait, I, it was good. All right. Best storyline from Clone Wars. Ooh, that is a good one. Mine was when Yoda visited Dagobah, and he's like trying to get to the bottom of some of these dark side things going on, and he uh, he goes to Dagobah and is like basically tested with the dark side of the Force. Yeah, with, those, one of my with those creatures, those force mm-hmm. creatures. Yeah, was, I forget what they're called right now. But uh, yeah, me too. Gotcha. I loved, I loved just digging into the force through Yoda and him going on an adventure, and it's like almost like a one man mission. Yeah. to figure out what's going on. Like Yoda would do that. Yeah, to me, my favorite storyline in Clone Wars, and it's what I go back and I rewatch it again and again and again because it's friggin' fascinating to me. Is the story of Asajj Ventress, mm, and yeah. when when Asajj is when the Emperor tells um, uh, Count Dooku, you got to go kill your apprentice, right? And Dooku is like, fine, I'll go kill her. Mm-hmm. And Asajj gets away, but she's um, she's uh, exiled, basically alienated from you know, like in hiding. Yeah, and she takes up with the bounty hunters. And then she um, eventually teams up um, with the unlikely alliance of her and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Asajj Ventress's character arc, after she gets betrayed by Dooku, to the person that she becomes alongside Obi-Wan is a fascinating character study. Yeah. So for me, for me, I'd go Asajj Ventress. All right, last one, and I'll get out of here. They ask, what happened to the other lightsaber colors, like yellow, orange, and another purple? Do you think we'll ever see it in the canon live First, it's a great question. It's a great question. I don't know what happened to them uh, as far as canon goes, but I I would say we're going to see it in in Benioff and Weiss's version. Yeah. I think Go back and and like the if if it's true what what we're hearing, which is like set in an old republic, maybe the building of the Jedi Council, all that kind of stuff. You're going to see some maybe some different lightsaber colors. Yeah, and like um, there's there's good videos online about the different lightsaber colors, but I know that there's in um, I don't know I don't know I, I doubt it's canon, but there's been a few occurrences I believe in video games where Luke had a yellow lightsaber. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a yellow lightsaber. I believe in the, in the Thrawn trilogy. At some point, he ends up with a yellow lightsaber. Huh, yeah. um, so yellow is a color that I've definitely seen. Um, white. We've seen white in mm-hmm. um, in uh, Rebels. Yeah, Ahsoka. Ahsoka uses oh, Ahsoka uses yellow also in Clone Wars. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Does she? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. really remember. Yeah. So I've seen I've seen red, obviously blue, green, yellow, white, purple. Um, in uh, in the Old Republic video game there's a lot of orange mm-hmm. lightsabers um there's something called the lava crystal mm. which is actually a crystal that is uh from mustafar mm. that gives you like this orange fiery fiery blade like there's that. something called bane's heart mm. which is another crystal that gives you kind of like this like pink uh saber color but in the movies i'm with you in the current sort of like 
um, Disney sequels like the saga, the, like the current saga films. Mm-hmm. I think they're 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 like ultra small. So like red and blue, I think is about as far as we're gonna get. Yeah, you know, I, I Maybe, think that's you know. I, no, I think that's probably as far as we're gonna get. I think, and you're you're hitting it. It's it's because it's, it seems to be Ray and. And uh, Kylo Ren's yeah. story, so just red and, and blue. Yeah, kind of. But in Benioff and Weiss, I can see a ton of different colors pop yeah, up in there. I think so. Cool. There All it right. is, guys. Thank you Thank very you much. Oh, he already quit it out, right? Eh? No, no, no. We're still right. going. Peace out. Thank you so much for supporting Collider. Yep. Thank you very much. And check out Ruler Two. It's dropping tomorrow evening, right. five p.m. Five p.m. And that's our cold open because it is Rule of Two, Episode Thirty Four. And here we go. Rise. Welcome, one and all. You heard it up top. It is Rule of Two, Episode 34, official spinoff of the Jedi Council podcast and video series. The Ricky Here. Williams episode. The what? The Ricky Williams episode. The Ricky Williams episode. Yeah, last week was the Sammy Smith episode. This is the Ricky Williams episode. This is episode. the Ricky. Oh, I got okay. it. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. like, wait, you're effing up my opening here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter because it's Rule of Two. It's episode 34. We're happy to have you here. It's here on Collider Videos. It drops every Tuesday evening, 5 p.m. PST, and you can get it later on, of course, on Podcast One Jedi Council feed. How are you, Mark Fernandez? I'm good. Look, um, it's been uh, it's been um, a very real couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel good right now. It's it's always great to have Dorian on. Mm-hmm. It, just interacting with Dorian, such a cool dude. He's such a cool. I love getting his like unfiltered like reaction to yeah. these things. So you heard up top, guys. We're going to be doing a commentary with him for Revenge of the Sith. He is going to catch up on the prequels. He's going to watch Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he thinks of these. I can't wait to you know to sit with you and watch it. Yeah, and I give some commentary and talk, you know, and hopefully get the uh, episode three army into the mix and mm-hmm. have them, uh, you know, watch along with us and and you know have some fun. I think celebrating one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Star Wars movie. I'm excited too to watch it through your eyes because. I, I'm on record as saying we talked about it quite a bit. We did the Golden Lightsaber Awards. So we, yeah. like you brought up some Revenge of the Sith stuff. We talked about it on the show. And then all of a sudden, because of all this talk, I'm like, yeah, I want to watch Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And that's something I, I didn't do when the, when the prequels first came out. I mean, obviously, I saw them in the theaters a number of times. But then home video and whatnot, it's like I watched them. But now it's like with everything that's going on in the Star Wars universe, whether it's The Mandalorian, whether it's Episode Nine. Every once in a while, I get that that hankering. I wanna I wanna watch some prequels. Yeah, yeah, I I know the feeling, and uh, you know it happens to me all the time too. You know, I'll, I'll throw on I'll throw on a couple movies. Like this weekend, I actually had some fun with that. And then look, I, w- there's not a ton of Star Wars news, so we're gonna probably riff more than normal. We're gonna riff. We're gonna go down the rabbit hole. We're g- you're gonna get something, and I'm yeah. excited for that. <laughs> right. That's that's how it happens here on Rula Two. Yeah, yeah. But I um I saw a movie this weekend. Um, that actually has nothing to do with Star Wars, but it actually does have something to do with Star Wars. There's like one degree of separation from it. And um, I was going through Amazon Prime trying to find some new stuff to watch. Mm -hmm. And I came across uh, What Lies Beneath. Oh. And I hadn't seen it in a while. Wow. Robert Zemeckis, Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. I hadn't seen it in a while. And I was like, oh, let me pop this on, see how dated it feels. Mm. And man, I got to tell you, it was made, I believe, in two thousand and two. Sounds about right. I'm you know, look. Yeah, look it up. Is it two thousand two? Am I right? Is Schmodown a question? 
I'm almost there. 2000. 2000. Okay. So two years off, but you're close. Okay. So the year 2000. So it was, you know, part of the new millennia, mm-hmm. right? So not that long ago, 18, 19 year old movie. Yeah. Um, but man, it, it holds up. Yeah. It, I, it really holds up. I think I saw it. I think we put it on for a Halloween watch, like during the horror movie season, like, you know, and it was probably two years ago or something. We popped it in and. Yeah, it held up for me. Yeah. I like it. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. And Robert it's, Zemeckis is a good director, man. He is. And this is underrated. This is one that doesn't it, – it always goes by. You know, When you talk Robert Zemeckis, obviously it's Back to the Future. And then people might say, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Cast Away. Yeah. You know, this is one of them that I dig. But, but it's also one of the most intriguing movies if you're a big Han Solo, Harrison Ford, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones fan – because – and I'm trying to sort of rack my brain to think of another one. But I believe this is the only movie – spoiler warning if you haven't seen uh, What Lies Beneath. This is where you turn off the show for a few minutes. But yeah. um, it's the only one that I think he plays the heavy in. Yeah, I know. And, know? It's, it, and it, is, it's, it is spoilers. But it, it – uh, yeah, it's a twist. He's the baddie. And he's a good baddie. He is. You know? He's, he's a, a loving husband. And then – Things start to happen. The past starts co- coming back. Yeah, she starts to peel back the layers of who who is this guy, and she finds out, and it's pretty bad. Yeah, because it's kind of like with Han Solo, you have this character who's like, like selfish and heartless becomes mm-hmm. the most selfless and heartful, uh, uh, heartwarming person or, yeah. or or tender of them all. Right? I mean, he's the one that doesn't seem to care about anything but then he's the one that ends up caring the most about everything right you know it's right. a really nice little jump for him um but actually seeing Harrison Ford truly embody that darkness mm. i thought it was fascinating yeah. so you know anyway a total tangent but if you're a Harrison Ford fan and you haven't seen what lies beneath by Robert Zemeckis director of of course back to the future mm-hmm. go watch it now cuz it's it's a good movie it's a great movie. That's a good call. I like yeah. it. And you do get your Harrison Ford fix, so we've yeah. linked it officially to Star Wars, so it uh, you know, works here on yeah, Lula you know, too. First of all, that's actually an, an amazing, weird little point you just made there. Mm. I was such a big – when I grew up, okay, um, I, was, I was a bigger Indiana Jones fan mm-hmm. than I was a Star Wars fan. Okay. Okay? Like I'm talking about when I'm a kid. I'm yeah. talking like, like – like, like, 12, 13 years old. I can understand that. You know, Indiana Jones is not too shabby to like, you know, no. over Star Wars. I get it. I, you know, and, and like the two weren't really in competition with each other, but they were both Lucas right. film properties. And I always just got more excited about Indiana Jones than I did Star Wars, even though I loved them both crazy style. Yeah. Indiana Jones always sort of spoke to me a little bit more because it was about that sense of adventure and going for the unknown and taking risks and all those types of things. Uh, But after Last Crusade came out, right, and Star Wars was kind of already done by that point because Last Crusade came out in 89, I believe. Yeah, I think it was 89. Yeah, in 89. And by then, Star Wars was long gone. There was a huge gap of time where us huge Star Wars fans, Kent Napsok probably included, Han Solo is his favorite character, Indiana Jones, all these things, mm-hmm. we needed to get our Harrison Ford fix. Yeah, you know that was the that that was the way. I mean, because like that the you know the height of Harrison Ford was started with Star Wars, but then yeah. Empire Strikes Back, Indiana Jones, because right Empire Strikes Back comes out 
1980. So does so does Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders is 91. No, no, I believe. no, no, no. Raiders is 81. 81. I mean, yeah, 80, 81. That's what yeah. I meant. 81, and then 84. 84 is Temple, Temple of, Doom. of Doom, and then yeah. 89. Yeah. 89, Last Crusade. So, Last Crusade is my favorite one, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it battles with yeah. with Raiders, but me I too, always go too. to Raiders. Raiders is to me is a perfect movie. Yeah, it really is. But it's splitting hairs. How could you not like Last Crusade? I love Temple of Doom too. Don't get and me wrong. And I love Temple of Doom. Yeah, Crystal Skull. Ooh, that one, that one, I don't really count. We tried to watch it the other day. It was on oh, TV. Yeah, it was on TV, and it was just like, oh god. There's some moments, but not many. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how? Like, you know, look. This is this isn't a bad topic because it's it, it's on. It's on brand, right? Because it's Harrison it's, Ford, right? Right, and Lucasfilm. So we're going to tie this into Star Wars somehow. But <laughs> yeah, but, enjoy the ride, meantime. <laughs> yeah, but for me, like that Harrison Ford fix, I think the because like you had your witnesses. Oh, witness is great. You had yeah. your Mosquito Coasts. Mm-hmm. You had your Frantics. Yeah, Frantic. you know, uh, oh, um, yeah. You had a couple of good ones in there, but to me, I think the first time that we all were like, "Damn!" Like Harrison Ford is back. You know, mm-hmm. or like that you got that hero thing mm-hmm. was in Patriot Games. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I believe Patriot Games came out, what, 92? That sounds about right. Hold on. I'm going to look. I like Patriot. Nope, not Patriot Act. Patriot Games. Everyone. Patriot Games. Patriot Games. And it came out in 1992. 92. Okay, I got that one right. Nicely done. And it was a great movie. Mace mm-hmm. Newfeld, I believe, was the director of it. Um is it me? Philip Noyce. Philip Noyce. I'm yeah. sorry. Philip Noyce, uh, the director. And that movie put Harrison Ford back into this kind of like franchise hero thing. Right. Clear and Present Danger was also pretty cool. Not yep. as good, but pretty cool. And then I believe he only did those two. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But for me, the big one was um, was uh, The Fugitive. The Fugitive really, yeah. Put him again. God, you, you bring up some, some great movies and then – to think about Harrison Ford, who started with Han Solo and then Indiana Jones, and then you get your witnesses, like you said, yeah. frantic. But then The Fugitive is such a great movie. So good. It is so damn Andrew good. Andrew Davis directed that one. I'll Andrew remember. Davis did yeah. direct that. Tommy Lee Jones won the Oscar for Best Supporting yeah. Actor Yeah. because I don't care. That is a yeah. great line. And the every man that Harrison every Ford – Every house, out house, blow house, yep. in house, out house. Yeah, is a- Harrison Ford is – Perfect as the everyman, which yeah. is, I think, why we identified with Han Solo so much. Is because I think some people can look at like, dude, that's a big, uh, uh, that's a battle between the Empire and the Rebels. I- I'm going to stay out of it. I'm just going to watch after myself. I think people can identify with that, not wanting to get involved or just looking after like your buddy who happens to be, you know, a dog. You know, you want to look out for yourself, but then he turns it around, and that everyman character in Harrison Ford is able to smile, wink. Yeah. And you love them. You love them. Yeah. Um, what about – okay, so in our big three, right, Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, um, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. We got we got a few Carrie Fisher fixes, right, with Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah. Right? You're talking about – so I my first crush that I remember was Carrie Fisher in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. That's where I really had the awakening of like, wait a minute – I like her. Like yeah. I fell in love with her. Yeah. And um, she – so after Empire Strikes Back, I started to seek out movies just so she – I could see her. Mm-hmm. The Burbs. The Burbs with uh, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic. Uh, the Man with One Red Shoe, 
which is a smaller Another, one. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that's with Steve Gutenberg, right? No. No, that's Tom Hanks again. It's Tom Hanks again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then and when Harry met Sally, I think it's one of the best performances because she's so great. She's the yeah. perfect friend. Um, she's like a player. She you know, also she, wrote – did she write that? She wrote Postcards from the Edge, mm. I believe. Yeah, yeah. She wrote Postcards from the Edge and, and, and was in it as well and was uh, – I believe Meryl Streep was her godmother. Mm. So um, yeah, some Carrie Fisher action there because I fell in love with her, had that crush and yeah, I started to seek out all her work. What, was she also in Parenthood? No, she was not. She was not in Parenthood. No, right? I think you're thinking of uh, Diane Weist. Diane Weist. Yeah. Was there a Star Wars person in Parenthood? No, right? Let me think. I'm going no, through no, my Rolodex. You know going what? through uh, the Rolodex. It was directed by Ron Howard. Yeah. That's your Star okay. Wars connection yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I like this. Connecting Star Wars to movies. Yeah. You know, like who's in there? I mean, has anybody out there like you saw Star Wars, whether it's because the prequels or the sequels or whatever? Because we're older. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. At the time that Star Wars came out, and the last one came out in 83, mm-hmm. right, Return of the Jedi, Return of the De- yeah. there was a huge period of time without any real Star Wars fix. Whoa. We're talking 83 to 99? That's insane. It's a lot of time. That's a long time to wait. There was no cartoons. No. Well, there and after Return of the Jedi, we did get a little – we got Ewoks, the Battle for Endor. Okay, which I still have never the seen. Caravan of Courage, they're fine. They were great for kids, and it, was, it hit yeah, me because yeah. I was like, I'll eat it up. I remember Droids, the cartoon. I think I did see the Ewok one, but it's so blurry in my memory, though. Yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it's like I believe the second one, there was like magic involved where it was like a witch. And yeah. She had like this wand thing, and I was just like – even as a kid, even though there was furry Ewoks and I liked them, I was like, well, that don't sound like Star Wars. Yeah. It just didn't fit the universe in my mind. Yeah. We had the toys. Toys were big. I think the uh, the thing that really gave me um, the first jolt back into Star Wars was the um, uh, Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. I, that's where I was going. Yeah. That was really the first time. And can, the, can, the canon – in the lexicon wasn't – you know, when you said canon, you're like, who's – where? Where are we on a pirate ship? Cannons? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. No such thing back There's then. no such thing back then. Now it's like, well, it's not canon. But that was our first anything yeah. that took place after Return of the Jedi. So in my mind, it was a direct sequel and thus canon. And it's all we had. And like Anthony, all we had. Anthony Daniels uh, voiced uh, the audio book right. back in those days. And um, w- when that book came out, there was a magazine – I forgot the name of the magazine, but there was like this magazine around the time that would only cover Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe it was like an official Lucasfilm magazine. I'm not sure. Was it Star Wars Insider? Uh, I I forget. But It might be that because you would get a – because I did this. You get a subscription essentially and then you get like free stuff. You get like you get the magazine, but you get like stickers. You might get a shirt. Yeah, yeah. I think that was it. And uh, but George Lucas had this amazing saying, and and I know I've talked about it on Rule of Two before in the early early episodes, but the, when when somebody asked him about the extended universe, mm. you know, and uh, he had this amazing line of how to explain the extended universe, where he was like, the movies that I make are the primary observer. It's like the history that everybody's aware of. Right. You know, it's like the it's like the modern day history. Mm-hmm. All of the books and all of this stuff is also real, 
but it's it's now told through the accounts of people writing, of people observing, mm-hmm. of people like hearing a story and then becoming a secondary observer or a tertiary observer. So he had this beautiful way of saying it's all real, mm-hmm. but some of it has less detail than others. Right. You know, like like the saga films have detail. We know exactly what happened. Yeah. But something like Heir to the Empire, it's being written by somebody who witnessed it and maybe knows somebody who told them a story. Right. So it's like there's a little bit of degradation of mm. the details. I get that. You know, yeah. and, I, and I love that explanation because mm-hmm. like that versus canon, no canon – it's like it's kind of you know I mean look we've talked about this on the show before but it's it's too rigid. It is. I miss some of the. I mean, I and they're doing this in the sequels. They're cherry picking certain elements. Yeah. You know, Ben Solo is Jason Solo from the expanded universe. Sure. You know, falls to the dark side, becomes a Sith. Now it's a little different here. You know. Right. We have no mention of Sith, but uh, you know maybe maybe the Knights of Ren are something. Yeah. Because there was that leaked. Poster. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, it looks like a Walmart poster. Yeah. And it it's looks fine. Real. It, it looks, looks real. real. And uh, I, we, we haven't had confirmation one way or the other. So, yeah. you know, some people have been pointing to 3PO holding the bowcaster yeah. with Chewbacca as being like, eh, maybe somebody doctored it yeah, up. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Jar Jar. Like at the end of Phantom Menace where he manages to kill everybody around him. Yeah, quite by accident. Yeah, stumbles into – yeah, Stumbles into greatness, that Jar yeah. Jar Binks. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, so I don't know. I mean I want it to be real just because I'm looking at the Knights of Ren that were on the poster and they're coming back. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. JJ set it up for a reason. But then again, that's a whole other conversation about the – here, here's the connecting of the 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 movies. Here, here, here's a hot take for you. Mm. The Knights of Ren are definitely in the movie. Okay. Okay. And Kylo ends up killing all of them. Yeah, I can see that. Kylo as he's up, as he's redeeming himself to be good. Like I don't even know if it's redeeming himself or if he, or or if he's exerting his evil uh, or his dark side even more. Could but be. at some point, his whole Knights of Ren thing starts to annoy him or starts to become unbearable and he kind of takes him out. I, I I think it would follow pattern with him taking out Snoke and him ultimately not being able to really deal with anything yeah. other than what he wants. You know, like I don't think he's a guy who shares anything. Well, yeah. And we have that now. He took out Snoke. Yeah. And I mean my main question is like who are the Knights of Ren? Like truly – and I, I think my hot take is that they are the keepers of something Sith, meaning I'm wondering if it's, there's like a – they study the Sith lore. They collect because at one point we heard – and we saw this with Kylo Ren. He has Darth Vader's mask. Yeah, They're collecting Sith artifacts. I wonder if they're the keepers of the Sith. They want to keep that religion alive and maybe there's a twist that happens yeah. by the middle of episode nine, you know. Kylo Ren kills the Knights of Ren and takes on the full mantle of Sith, and does he just spare one for rule of two? Right. <laughs> Boom. I like that, actually. I like that, too. It would give me something. I just yeah, – I just something. Give us something. I, I just uh, – I mean the more that we talk about Star Wars and Episode Eight and Episode Seven and setting up Episode Nine, you know, 
I keep going back to the conversations that we've had with, uh, you know, like what was going on with Force Awakens and J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan writing it mm. and the handoff then to Lucasfilm, the baton passed to Ryan Johnson. What happened there? Why no Knights of Ren's in, in The Last Jedi? And, uh, what, you know, what happened? Yeah. Something we'll probably never know, which, yeah. again, you know, it's, it's not about whether you like the movie or not. I'm just wor- wondering about these story threads that were started. So J.J.'s going to bring it back around in nine. Yeah, like, like give us a little mythology, right? Give us a little background about what's going on here, you know? Like, and I, yeah, and I want to know because he takes out Snoke. So are the Knights of Ren on another side of the galaxy yeah, and, like, and, it's like, and Kylo texts him is like, I did it. And they're like, yeah, you know, and they join up and now yeah. they're running the First Order. Look, you bring up an excellent point, and it's and it's a storytelling deficiency, I think, with the sequels. Not to get into a critique here, but it's like, and I'll give you an example. Let's say you're watching the the season finale of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. from from last season. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. So when you're watching the season finale of Game of Thrones from season whatever it was, the last one, mm-hmm. and you have this meeting between Daenerys. And Cersei and everybody's coming, um, you know, they're all meeting in this like auditorium, this like ruined, like outside auditorium that was used by the dragons or whatever. Right. Right. In that scene, you have Daenerys riding in on her dragon. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody says it. Nobody says this explicitly, but it's implied because there's so much context, which is like, oh, man, that's the first time a dragon has been in the Red Keep for a friggin' long time. This right. is the first time a Targaryen walks off a dragon. Like, this is a momentous thing. Sure. That you could tell that story inside your own head. Right, because they set it up Because so they well. set it up with the context. Yeah. Like, we know that there's this thing called the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. We've seen one quick picture in a flashback. Right. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. They told us it's real, so we believe it's real. They haven't, like, and we've talked about this before too, but they haven't really earned that context. You know? Right. And, and, like, I think that they have a lot of work to do for us to really get something out of the Knights of Ren. I think we could speculate for hours. We can say what we didn't like or, or not like, but what I am truly getting behind now is that it's time for episode nine, it's time to watch it, and then. Look at the trilogy. Yes. Because hopefully they will correct some of this, meaning we're going to get some mythology on the Knights of Ren. We're going to learn a little bit about Snoke. We're going to maybe get – They have to. They the, have to. Yeah. The I'm, definitive answer of Rey you know, and her, her origin or where she comes from or her parents. Whether that's nobody or it's Obi-Wan. Right. You know? Enough mystery. Let's have some exposition. Yeah. And I always go back to the original trilogy and, and you know, Empire Strikes Back. Pulled the rug out under us and said, no, I am your father. And everybody went, wait a minute. But what's interesting is that you could listen to Vader tell Luke on Bespin that, no, I am your father. And uh, you flash to A New Hope when Obi-Wan is telling the story of Anakin Skywalker. And it it, it kind of puts you in this little phase of like, wait, wait, was that set? Wait a minute. And yeah. you're watching that scene. Knowing what you know in Empire now and going, wait, he's lying. Somebody's lying. Somebody's. Yeah, yeah. But it makes, it's kind of set it up in context. It also makes more sense. Yeah it, makes, yeah, it makes context. There's this video that somebody sent us on Twitter um, that I, I actually watched it. And the video kind of started falling apart towards the end. But mm. the theory was basically that that Ray is like a Sith spy. 
Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> did you watch the video? No, I did not. Okay. I, it's a little hard for me to yeah. to wrap my head around but, that one. But but it's actually an interesting theory if okay. that's what the reveal would be in episode nine. Eh. That because there are things that kind of make it make sense. And look, I know it's an outlandish theory. Mm. Uh, it was well done by some YouTuber. I'm not sure his name, but um, it, it was a cool it was a cool video. But it's like it, it kind of explains away all of the seemingly random stuff that happens. Like she gets in there and Unkar Plotude, whatever that guy's Unkar name is. Plot, yeah. Unkar Plot is like the one that's kind of, you know, uh, taking care of her. Like when she was a little girl, but yeah. they have this weird relationship. And, you know, anyway, there's a lot of little points where I can see that if she is in fact a Sith spy, which she obviously isn't, you know, like they put somebody in there to get close to the rebels to somehow find the location of Luke to actually bring Luke out of hiding as a result of her doing that. Luke did die, you know? So it's like, okay, it'd be too smart. Maybe if the, if, if it actually went like that, because mm-hmm. like they would have had to have predicted all of these things that, are actually audience reactions versus, right. you know? But anyway, uh, I, you Hard, know. It, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing the video. I like a good speculation video or yeah, theory cool video. like the next person. It's a cool video. Um, you know, when you say she's a secret Sith spy, you know, it, for me, it just, what? what? Huh? Yeah. So I need to see it in context. Context yeah. is everything. All right, put it on the table right now. Okay. Who is Ray? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's the million dollar question. I wish and and had hoped for when we were leading into The Last Jedi before we, we got that whatever scene that was where it's like you're nobody. But again, I can go back to that every time and think that Kylo Ren is lying, you know, or that she yeah. – or that he coaxed it out of her because there was a big Twitter thread that, you know, no, he lied to her and then no, she said it first. Yeah. You know, but I loved the idea that she was somehow connected to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. All right. You know what? Let's let's play this a different way. Okay. Okay. Let's go through all the big Ray theories and give it a probability about whether or not it's going to okay it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So theory number one, and this is the one that I hear from Christian the most, right? Mm-hmm. And he seems pretty sold on it mm-hmm. that somehow she is related to Palpatine. Right. What do you think about that one? What What are the odds that that's accurate? You You go first, and I'll give mine. I you know. I know that there is canon material on this, meaning in the Aftermath book series by Chuck Wendig, he did set up some kind of underground thing at Jakku that the Emperor did. Um, So to connect her to the Emperor, she's there on Jakku, seems a little obvious, but maybe that's the plant. But then again, I've looked at the sequel movies. I've seen both of them numerous times. (laughs) And I've read some of the books, and nothing has popped up in there. I mean, really of consequence, like big plot points. Yeah. So, I put your money where your mouth. I'm getting rid of the the canon stuff, and I'm just going with. I don't think she's connected to the emperor. Maybe. So give it a percentage likelihood. I'll go twenty percent. Twenty percent. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent that she's connected to the emperor. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Um, I think connecting her to the Emperor is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I do think that Ian McDermott is somehow going to show up in this movie. I've heard too many things from people that know too much. Yeah. To like dismiss all of their sayings as BS, even though knowing the sequels as I know them, it doesn't seem consistent. Yeah. And let's remind ourselves that I did win a steak dinner from Christian because we were going a solo and, you know, we were actually on uh, on on Instagram uh, live and we made a bet. He mm-hmm. was like, I guarantee you that C-3PO and R2-D2 are in solo. I go, no way. And, of course, they weren't. And I won the steak dinner. Right. So has he paid up yet? He did pay up. OK, good. he did pay up to his credit. He did to his up. credit. Good, yeah. good, good. I don't think Ray has anything to do with the Emperor. Yeah, it's, it, it seems a real stretch now. Yeah. I'm going to go less than 25 percent. I'm going to go 10 percent. Yeah, that Ray has something to do with the Emperor. I could be totally wrong, but I just, I just don't buy it. I yeah. just don't buy it. The only thing I, I went high is because you never know about that Christian Harloff. He knows stuff. He knows stuff. So you don't know if he's swinging for the fence or he knows yeah. something. Yeah, that's why you can't. That's the only reason I'm even giving it 10 percent is yeah. because he knows stuff. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I like the idea of her being connected there. I mean, th- there's. You know, bring up the clones. Is she a clone? Maybe I don't know. There's, yeah. I know there's theories out there. JJ was going to start Force Awakens with the hand and the lightsaber floating in space. I'm so glad he did it. Yeah, so glad he did it. All right, next theory. Yeah, go for it. Ray is. Uh, what's the other big popular one? Ray is related to Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. I'm going to go a little higher this time. Because I remember back in the day, before The Last Jedi, there were consistent rumors from consistent people that knew stuff that the reason an Obi-Wan movie hadn't been announced is because mm. – I believe this was Bresnikin over – yeah, Anthony Bresnikin over at uh, EW um, – is that they weren't done with Obi-Wan's character yet in the sequel trilogy, meaning that we're going to learn something and so – Maybe Ray's connected, like he's the grandfather or something. Now, I don't know. I really don't know. So I'm going uh, a little higher. I'm going to go 40% that she's connected to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wow, 40%. That's, gonna... that's a little too high, actually. Thirty. I'll go 30%. 30%. Yeah. I'm going to go on the Obi-Wan Kenobi connection. I can see J.J. liking that. Yeah. You know, I can see him like that. I can see that being more likely than than uh, the emperor thing. But but then I also, you know, the emperor thing has ten percent because of Christian and what he's heard. Um, Obi Wan, I don't know. I'm gonna go like fifteen. Uh, I'm gonna mm. go also ten percent on the Obi Wan. Okay. One. I don't think it's Obi Wan. Um, yeah, it's hard to it. It's. It, we don't know the story, obviously, of Episode Nine and what they may – like the things that we may not have picked up on that might have been subtle plants. You could look at the Force vision that Ray had when she touched Luke's lightsaber in Force Awakens and you heard Obi-Wan say, Ray, these are your first steps. You know, So maybe that's – yeah, that could be a plant. What about Ray isn't related to anyone? Where do you rate that one? That the parents are filthy junk traders. Yeah, <laughs> nice. that was a good impression. I I I go a little bit higher on that because I could see a lot of the fandom because when Ray when it was said in the Last Jedi that she was nobody, I did see a big contingent of fans 
including myself, that loved the idea that Star Wars could produce a Jedi, somebody that could save the galaxy, and she's not and she was a nobody. I think that's a nice message. I really do, that you don't have to be a prophesized savior. You don't have to be like created by yeah. the force like Anakin. You don't have to be connected to a Skywalker. You don't have to be connected to a Kenobi. You don't have to be connected to the Emperor yep. or these big All legacy characters. Very valid. Uh, so I like the idea that a hero could rise within the iconography of Star Wars sure. and, it beco- and she becomes an icon herself in Rey. I agree with that. I like that. So I'm going to put it up a little bit higher at 50% right now. So you're seeing a 50-50 shot. 50-50 shot because the reason I'm going 50-50 is because J.J. is coming in and J.J. I think has it on his mind that he's going to do I, some uh, fan service for us. I think J.J. and I, look, this is a hot take and completely subjective, not grounded on anything. But mm-hmm. I don't think J.J. was happy with The Last Jedi. I don't think he was either. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's coming in there to shake things up. And that's an easy one. That's one of the easiest ones to change yeah. without having too much uh, 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 um, uh, uh, lash. Back, yeah. And backlash. I, backlash. <laughs> uh, I, at one point, I thought it was Han Solo. So, yeah. Solo giving her a look in Force Awakens. We're, we're going. We're going through all the theories right now. Oh yeah, there's. I'm sure it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, we're going through all the theories. I jumped the gun. It's all right. It's all right. I jumped the gun. You it's can all jump right. The gun. You can jump the gun. <laughs> um, okay. So for me, um, that Ray isn't related to anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go sixty percent. Okay. I think, I think it's a little better than fifty-fifty. Yeah. Because um, that might have actually been uh, JJ's intentions mm-hmm. with Kasdan in the first script. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, to make her rise out of the Skywalker legacy and then take the mantle on herself in some way, mm-hmm. whether it's as a Sith or as a light side Jedi. But it does seem, I think episode uh, eight was our chance to really get a better grasp about who Ray was. Mm-hmm. And even though nobody wants to admit it, they did say that her parents are filthy junk traders. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they did say that explicitly. They did. Now, we... no, nobody wants to believe it. We're all we're all in denial of it. But they did say that. Well, Star Wars has also made a habit of hiding newborns with different parents. Yes. So there is that theory out there that perhaps it creates enough mystery. It creates enough doubt. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's, there's some doubt, doubt in there. It could be. Which is why I went to the Han Solo looking at her when she's like so – they made it to um, a Tokadana and she's like, I haven't seen so much green. And she he looks at her. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he was happened to be right there mm-hmm. like looking over her maybe. Okay, I don't know. So next one. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go 60 percent on She's Nobody. I'm still at 50-50 because JJ I think is going to kind of shake some things loose. OK. Um, let's go with uh, – Okay, let's go with one that I really, really, really like. Okay, that you just mentioned. Ray is Han Solo and Leia's daughter. Yeah, I, I love that one the most. Um, and henceforth, making her Kylo Ren's sister. Sister. I think there's a lot of clues. What girl? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Force Awakens really did Who's set up a girl? lot of, and yeah. this is this is part of JJ's kind of DNA. He likes the mystery box, and he posed a lot of questions for us in Force Awakens, which is why I don't understand how he wouldn't be working with Ryan Johnson to say, this is where I was going with it. Yeah, ego. Um, could be ego. I'm not – and I'm not going to 
harsh on JJ or harsh on Ryan Johnson or Kathleen Kennedy or do that thing that, that, right, that people we do tend all the to time. do. No, and I, I think it could still work after the events of, of The Last Jedi. I still think it could. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't I, – I love the idea of oh, like something happened with the First Order. Something happened with Ben Solo. So when Rey was born, she was hidden. From but, who? From Snoke? From Snoke. Yep. From but Snoke, she, but, from but her Ben and, Solo, from – But then but her and Ben Solo's age gap isn't as big – as the movie, right? They're not know? that, yeah. You know, so it's just I can't wrap my head around after seeing not only Leia interact with Ray, but Han interact with Ray, and then Luke interact with Ray. I can't, even though in in Episode Eight it's hard to interrupt, but yeah. in Episode Eight there's really no interaction between Leia and Ray. No, none. I Zero. don't think there's one. Towards the end, there. Is Towards it? the end, they're on the the Millennium Falcon together. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like a moment. It's a small moment, but yeah. Like, like like going back to Game of Thrones, like in that same episode, I watched it last night, spoiler warning. Mm. In that episode when Tyrion sees um his like his old like little like servant guy, there's like a moment there. Mm-hmm. You know, when like when um you know, um Lannister sees uh, the female knight, there's a moment there, mm-hmm. you know. I don't even remember Ray and Leia seeing each other in episode eight. But anyway, that aside, okay, because that's like nitpick. How would you handicap Ray as Han Solo and Leia's daughter? God, again, going. I don't know how to set that up because they didn't say anything. There were looks, but like, why would they? It would just feel really forced. Pardon the pun, to say Han and Leia, this is your daughter. Yeah. You would have to give me a really good explanation as to why and how. Yeah. Because now was she taken? Yeah. And they just had to deal with it and they – did they think she died? Maybe in childbirth? Who knows? No, I she's definitely hidden. She's definitely hidden. I could go parents. back to the fact that they would take children, the First Order would take children to put them into the Stormtrooper program. Right. Right? And just give them numbers. Was she taken – and Han and Leia just assume she's gone, but she's put under the care of a known bad guy or, or, or of a known CD character, right? Who had Han's Millennium Falcon? But but here's the, here's the, here's another interesting point. It was actually brought up by this video that has her as like the Sith spy. Okay, she knows of Han Solo, mm-hmm. right? You're Han Solo. Of, you yeah, know, she knows him. Yeah, right. Yeah, doesn't it stand to reason that she knew what the Millennium Falcon was? Yeah. And she's, she's seen that ship every day for how many days? Yeah. However long she was on Jakku, she, however long Ankar Plot got it from Han Solo. And so. she never made that connection before? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of like a plot hole than anything. Yeah. Like. I yeah mean, it's more of a plot hole. All right. So you still haven't given me your um, your handicap on Ray is Han and Leia's daughter. I'm 50-50 again. Yeah. I just – I could see it. I could see it working. I could see – like we get big reveals in part threes. Yeah. Right? I'm going to go 50-52 on that yeah. one. Because it's like Leia you know, is Luke's twin sister from a certain point of view. Your sister. Yeah. So that kind of came out of nowhere but was set up when Luke is hanging 
almost ready to die and fall into the abyss on Bespin. He well calls out up. Leia. Set up beautifully, actually. It's the best setup yeah. of all time as far as making that. I think it's as good as Obi-Wan saying a young Jedi named Darth Vader, who's a pupil of mine, betrayed and murdered your father. Yeah. So what I, And then in Return of the Jedi, he says what I told you was true from a certain point of view. You could kind of look at the reveal of Empire and go back to New Hope and go, wait a minute, Obi-Wan was saying something and then Luke is pissed at him in Return of the Jedi. And he's like, well, it's a certain point of view. Anakin yeah. Skywalker fell to the dark side and essentially Darth Vader murdered that. First of, all, first of all, you bring up an incredible point that I don't think we've touched on too much. What's that? Which is <clears throat> there is a nonlinear narrative dance mm -hmm. that happens in the original trilogy. Oh, yeah. With so the story. Great. So great. Right? Like the story is here, then it goes there, but then you got to go back and, mm -hmm. oh, that's right. Now it reveals that. Then you go forward it and then – Set it, up. You could see it. You could yeah. see it all there set up like the breadcrumbs. He left where, breadcrumbs for where us. Where Force Awakens, which I've, I've been on the record saying I'd like it. Yeah. You know, I think Force Awakens is a cool movie. The Last Jedi, I've been on the record saying I don't love it, but mm -hmm. as a standalone movie, it has its merits. Mm -hmm. Those two movies aren't talking to each other. Yeah, that's my biggest issue. They're not talking to each other. Right. Like Empire was talking to New Hope and then – Big time. But Those it, two were talking to each other a lot. However, I, I hate to be that guy again, but let's see what Nine does. Right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine is the only way that we can connect the dots. Yeah. Now, if we leave and the credits roll – and there's no kind of resolution for Ray's parentage or Snoke. And I'm not saying I need that. Um, I just would like it. I think it would make things kind of connect. And it's I hope payoff. they connect it to the prequels. Yeah. It's like if you're going to set something up, set something up, you've got to pay it off. It's like this is screenwriting 101. Right. So going back to Ray. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go 50-50 yeah, on Han and on Han and Leia. I could see it, but until I get the context in episode 9 and reveal and all that kind of stuff, the jury's out. All right. Here's another popular theory that I've never understood why it's even a thing. Okay. That Ray is somehow Anakin Skywalker. I've heard this one. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. I know it's weird, but I do like it. And I do like it. You do like it. Mm -hmm. I like it because of the mirror image of Anakin Skywalker. And or here's the theory, if I, if I remember this correctly. Yeah. Much as Anakin was created by the Force, we can assume it was because Palpatine or Plagueis created the Force. If you, want, created, I'll read, if you want, I'll read the little summary here. Read the summary, and then that, okay. that'll help me, actually. How the theory goes, okay, that Rey is, in fact, uh, the uh, Anakin Skywalker. Rey is a reincarnation of Anakin's spirit. It explained why she's so naturally strong in the Force, is a good pilot like Anakin, and has Force visions, again, like Anakin. Mm. One fan of YouTube notes how Anakin wanted to find a way to cheat death to save his wife. Padme, while he didn't save Padme... Maybe he did find a way in death to come back. The theory notes this is why Ray assembles Anakin's mother Shmi or resembles Anakin's mother Shmi and why we can hear Vader's breathing in her force flashbacks. That sounds like a reach to me. Okay. Even though she does look like Shmi a little bit. She does. Yeah. That's not the theory I'm talking about. Okay. I don't like that theory. I don't like that she's Anakin Skywalker. Or, or reincarnated yeah. or whatever it is. I give that zero percent. I get that zero percent as well. What I do like is that the Force created Rey. 
much that like they created Anakin. Right. I like that idea that there is a balance. It was that, but then again, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it because we're so far removed from the death of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, that why would all of a sudden the Force thing create? It's like you, you want balance in the Force, right? So wouldn't you want to essentially, if Anakin was created by Darth Plagueis or you know Palpatine, uh, wouldn't the Force then create Rey to balance it out, and we would have that? That would have been in the prequels or the sequels. Yeah. So I'm not buying it completely. It's a little – it's – and I think it will alienate fans. I, I think just casual fans that want to go enjoy a good Star Wars movies, not the, the sweaties that we call ourselves or like just into the lore, know the references, know the books, know the comics, know the movies so well. My mother is going to walk in there and want to see lightsabers and have fun. Yeah. If they go, oh, yeah, by the way, Ray, you were created by the Force – um, and you were sent here to balance out the darkness that Vader created. My mom would be like, Whoosh, she's out. That just doesn't work. So I, I, don't, I, I don't see that happening. Either. Yeah. What, what about the one that Ray is Luke Skywalker's daughter? Zero for me now. I, 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 I love it. I, I like the idea. We, all, we went in going, oh, she's, she's Luke's daughter. But again, how? Right, because there is no marriage aid. There's no marriage aid. Some people say it's phasma. Have you heard that one? Oh, God, please. I don't even want yeah. that. Yeah, there's, I there's can't. There's a theory that actually that's picking up some steam that supposedly she's the daughter of Poe Dameron and Phasma. Ray? <laughs> yeah. I'm not making this up. I'm reading it right now. But anyway. Somebody actually put that on the internet. Yes. That's ridiculous. Yes. That's, that's the worst theory okay. I've heard. Yeah, I can't do Luke, that. any chance? <sighs> I, I don't think so. Yeah, me either. Just because I – look, before the prequels, what did we get? We got the Thrawn trilogy. We got Heir to the Empire, The Last Command, all that. We got Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker married Mara Jade, right? Yeah. And then we get Phantom Menace and I'm still going about my business watching the, these Jedis do their thing. I remember seeing the standee cutout for Attack of the Clones and it was the first time I went – Wait, really? And it was a Jedi must know no hate or something and then love. Yeah. Meaning that the Jedi are essentially like they cannot marry. Right. They can't have those kind of attachments. They can't have attachment. Yeah. So wouldn't it make sense that Luke follows that line of thinking? I think so. I think so. I mean especially like when Luke and Ray are interacting with each other. Luke, if that was his daughter, he would have acted completely different. Yes. It's too on the nose, I think. And he also – and I don't care. He he used the force at the end, so I'm not buying this. But if he closed himself off from the force, I, I, can see, I could hear the people go, well, he closed himself off from the force. So he didn't feel her, meaning like know about her because Luke has the force. He would be able to see his daughter. He's so sele- – I mean you need some force – um, reflexes to do that fishing thing that he did. Mm-hmm. He, he lifted himself off the ground in yeah. that one fight. So mm-hmm. he wasn't so disconnected from the force that he couldn't turn it back on in one second if he if he needed it. But which he did in that fight yeah, scene. Yeah, which he did. Um, all right. So rate the ray theories. I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. So number one, most likely for me, I believe that it's probably. I see number one is that she's nobody. Yeah. Okay. That that for me is number one. Okay. 
Number two, Han Leia. Okay, she somehow connected them. Connected to yeah, them. I can see that. Number three, the Palpatine theory. Yeah. That she's Palpatine's granddaughter or somehow related to Palpatine. Yeah. Now, are there any clone theories in there that she's yeah. an actual clone yeah. of? Yep, yep. There's a clone theory. XYZ, because I heard something like that, but I'm not sure. One star, I'm sorry, one Star Wars theorist believes Emperor Palpatine could have cloned Luke after he decided he wouldn't go to the dark side. Okay. I've heard that maybe she is a clone of Luke Skywalker by his severed hand. Yeah. Right? That's... Emperor Palpatine could have gotten, could have got that hand and got the DNA. Uh, p- popular Star Wars theorists like Mike Zero said in a YouTube blah, blah, blah. Okay. Near the start of The Force Awakens, Kylo Ren notes there's still the ability to make a clone army if necessary. So we know clones can pop up in future films. I – okay. Oh, this you know is what? a tricky one. Let me read the uh, the Palpatine theory that okay. I have here, even though this insider article is actually kind of crappy. Yeah. <laughs> a theory on I'm reading medium, the same. A theory on medium points to raise similar fighting styles uh, in her rage. Um, excuse me. I just lost it. I just lost the article. Hmm. You lost it. That's all right. Hold <laughs> on. Here it is. Here it is. Um, yeah, I did lose it. Anyway. It's all right. I mean, I think going to the idea that Ray is a clone. Now, the sci-fi guy in me and the story guy in me kind of likes this because what would it do to Ray if she realized she's a clone of fill in the blank? What is that like? Mm. What kind of existential crisis would you be in? You know, it's like I'm not even the real person. I'm I'm a clone of this person. So I, I but I yeah. still don't know I'm how f- they could do it. Yeah. I um how do you rate your theories? I'm with you. It's like down the line. It's it's like nobody is number one just because I like it. I like it for a character. I like it for, for people out there that are looking at Ray as like somebody that they emulate and men, female, whatever. And it just makes a lot of sense to me. Um Han and Leia I can get behind because I think there are ways that you could work it in the story. Yeah. Um, Emperor, it's hard. I don't know. I don't know how they could do it. So that's why it's pretty yeah. low and then clone. I don't I don't freaking yeah. know. So it's like she's either – basically what you're telling me is that she's either a Skywalker mm-hmm. or she's not. Yeah. You know, she's basically a Skywalker or she's nobody. Right. Um, which I think is pretty much what we're left with. Because everybody keeps talking about this Emperor Palpatine thing, like there will like I'm pretty convinced Palpatine will make it into the movie somehow. Yeah. With a big you know, with a big Mac in his hand and, yeah. and like, you know, with a right. big smile in my face. Right. Um, but will it connect to the Ray stuff? I'm not sure yet. It's really hard. I think we need to put it out there to you guys. Yeah. I would love to hear your theories. We just broke down a bunch of them. Yeah, rate them for us. Rate them for us as well. Are there out, some that you might have that you haven't seen online that you want to explore? Drop them in the comments. We do look yeah. at them. Hit us up on Twitter, at Riley Around, at Mark Fernandez, because that's a, that was an interesting conversation. Yeah. And we're close now. It's episode nine. It's right around the corner, and we're going to see a lot of action. Yeah, I think the next time we see each other will be after celebration. Is it going to be? I think we have one more before I leave. I think you might 
Yeah, I I actually won't be in the next episode. So you we'll, will not. Okay. So we'll figure out somebody to you know to replace. Sounds good. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess there's one more episode before celebration. One more episode before celebration, and then after celebration, we should both be here. We'll do our recap of not only we'll finally have something to talk about. Yeah, we'll have the talk trailer, the trailer, and Mandalorian, maybe announcements, Clone Wars, whatever else that happens out hopefully there. Hopefully, a ton of stuff to talk about. That's right. Hopefully a ton. So that's great. That's episode 34 of Rula 2, the official spinoff podcast of Jedi Council, and it's on Collider Videos, dropping 5 p.m. PST every Tuesday, and you can get it on the Collider Jedi Council Podcast 1 feed. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing this. Thanks for all your comments when you hit us up. You guys are the best, especially I know they're out there. You like to say it all the time, the Episode 3 Army, right? Yeah. <laughs> you love the Episode 3 Army. We love all you guys that like Star Wars just across the board. If you hit us up that way, we love interacting with you. Anything you want to leave with the, the fine folks listening today? No, let's keep it, you know, let's keep it going. Keep the comments, you know, rolling and like, you know, let's, let's um, you know, we're also thinking about making some uh, Rule of Two merchandise that yeah. we'll be announcing soon. That would be great. Um, there's been a lot of good ideas thrown out about that out there and let's just, you know, let's just keep, uh, let's just keep going, you know? Yep. We'll keep going and we'll keep on keeping the way Star Wars likes to keep us. So that's episode 34. It's in the books. We'll see you next week on an all-new episode. Bye-bye. Rise. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.